0: Can it, you my at least let people know when they get home, David? Just... Thank you.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll tell you what's been pressing on my mind. Yes. Okay. My daughter's. Wait, turn. wait, wait! Welcome to the Learning Lose
2: Podcast. Oh, Learning to Lose Podcast. Uh, Patrick's not here tonight, so
1: uh, it's Johnny, John, and Billy. Mm. Okay, let's hear it, Johnny. And if you don't know, John is one of the deepest, most dynamic individuals you could ever meet. From Philadelphia, kicked one of the strongest drugs on the planet, fifty times more addictive than heroin, on his own, cold turkey, straight up outside the McDonald's with the gun. John, uh, thanks, Johnny. And he's here. You just can't see him. Mm. And Billy, uh, Billy and Pat have been trying to save my life for a couple of years now. And when I was strung out. Uh, Living in the hood on a bunk bed, I I got the privilege of being invited to help Billy move his plants from his house. Is that a privilege? Yeah, it was. Because (laughs) I was like, and I don't say this lightly, because I'm Catholic and I'm afraid of hell, you know? Mm. But I was at that point where I was questioning if life was even worth it, you know? And uh, when you invited me to come move those plants, I had a purpose, if only for like eight hours or so and uh, dude
2: it was helpful man because i was you know i that
1: was a shit show for me i was tweaking on meth i didn't know yeah yeah i was yeah. i was trying to crawling in my skin trying to act normal i was always on something no
2: wonder you were doing so good you moved like half my house i was tweaking <laughs> you know
1: and i needed a friend and, uh, you
0: guys can hear each other yeah You're both of the yeah. mics
1: yeah okay but you know um we were going through the same kind of dynamic uh your baby mama had kicked you out. Mm. Um, some new... Some new guy coming in the picture. Influencing mm-hmm. her head. And at the time, my baby mama was fucking around with this... Um, guy from Nicaragua named Eliel, And I was tripping. Because I had heard from my daughter that... Eliel was giving her massages. Mm. To help her them bond. So her grandma... Roberta put out a... This was three years ago? This is a while, yeah. Two know. years ago? And I just, I went, I started relapsing. And I just, you know. And then um, her grandma, Roberta, tried to try to get temporary protective custody. But baby mama took uh, Kaylin back to Costa Rica and then turned Kaylin against me and grandma as if we're crazy for trying to protect her from this abusive guy, Elia, who later ended up beating baby mama and all this and that. But like this lack of control and lack of power and having no sobriety I just wasn't ready to function as in any capacity where I could uh, protect my child you know and also now it's like so now that I'm getting more sober I'm starting to realize like you know my kid's getting older she's gonna start asking questions and all my ability to be a hero you know to be Batman for her and be this magical dad shit is now taken away you know well, in your head,
2: so we don't know the future and we don't know that, but I hear, I understand how you're thinking.
1: Yeah, you know, I wanted to be a, like a hero. For yeah, her, yeah, you know? of and course. Instead, I'm reduced to like stories that her mom tells her about me, which exist in like a one month span 10 years ago. Like, we just haven't spent any time together. So my head plays as, as her birthday is approaching. She's going to be 11 October 4th. And I just uh, It's like I just fucking missed All those years man
2: Yeah It's tragic I don't know I can't really Candy coat it I'm But sorry. you got
1: through it You got through that And now you can talk To your kid And
2: I was just with her today She goes to work with me On Tuesdays
1: That's cool See you have a lady That you've worked it out with Well my
2: circumstances Are different I was sober Yeah I'm When this to, all
0: went down put the, put the mic a little closer Okay.
2: So you were sober. When... Yeah, we, we both were sober and are sober. Yeah. But she's working a program. She's working the Jesus program now. Okay. And that's helping? She's sober. I mean, her mom's not a real talker like we are. Oh. It's always been difficult to get information.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I've got... She's
2: just not built that way. It's not like she's trying to hold, withhold
1: anything. She's just... So my baby mama uses like... Um... Pimpology, right? So she's constantly looking for the bigger, better deal, um, prosperity, whether rationalized, justifies, or minimized, she, she wants financial freedom, which in and of itself sounds healthy, right? But she looks to gurus, pay to play, pay to play gurus. And um, she, right now she's caught up in this prosperity of life thing. You know, there's different levels to it. And I looked into it and honestly, it's got some really good stuff. It's basically motivational pimping, right? So you get a bunch of troubled middle-aged women with a desire to get out of poverty. Um, they want to have their last hurrah in their 40s or 50s. And you indoctrinate them with positive um, support. And then the support network, it sort of uh, it bleeds out anyone that tries to get you out of it. So they've got like little fail safes like uh they use these keywords it's almost like some Scientology type shit, so it, it's just a pyramid scheme you know mm. but 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 in in turn, they teach the supposedly the pimpology of it is they got these women like my baby mama like codependent on the uplink, and the uplink is just some guy that like gives them advice whenever someone questions the prosperity of life program so if I'm like, hey, listen, you know you spent like Twenty thousand dollars, and what do you got? She'll be like, "Well, I sold some houses, this and that." Actually, we can't even have conversations of like intellectual depth because she shuts me down with like voodoo. But if we could, it would so be, wait, wait, well, you're you talking know. about your ex has some money, not will she'll, So she'll sell some house, some real estate, mm-hmm. and then she'll she'll you Over know, there fifty grand. Then she'll in in Costa Rica, Costa Rica. but then she'll she'll uh, um, she'll give it to her uplink, her prosperity of life thing to get to the next level to like diamond or platinum or whatever mm-hmm. these motivational seminars it's like multi-level marketing on steroids but they integrate like a support group mm-hmm. and then they don't like anyone and they, they train you to kick anyone out that tries to to suggest that it's a cult so like if I say look it's a cult like she won't talk to me yeah. I can't <coughs> so I, I'm I'm, I'm again I'm going up against like world class pimps Mm. And well, like if you know anything about pimping like what they do they women they they make women get their validation from them and well,
0: then, I feel like it's just um it's the words you're using mm-hmm. because <coughs> everything is kind of a a cult. I would get in arguments with people on the internet about this place, and you know people just people in general about certain things, yeah it's like everything kind of plays to how you think and then you start supporting it and then <clears> no <throat> one can tell you otherwise <coughs> but when you say like oh it's a cult and it has such a negative meaning behind it then you get shut down yeah and it, you know so, so it's what i'm saying yeah it's not it's not what you're saying it's how you're saying it mm. it's just something to think about like well so when I, you try to
1: the the deeper the the, the base fear like sort of like Pat and other people have taught me that anger is a secondary emotion and that it stems from fear and my greatest fear is that some other motherfucker is gonna have his voice in my kid's ear indoctrinating her with some don't listen to your daddy listen to me and that baby mama's gonna co-sign it and cut me out of my kid's life um well, let me
2: just ask you a couple questions, okay? So this is what troubles you all the
1: time. Well, just recently when we come up towards her birthday. And like, well, no, because I it's, talked it's all to
2: you oh, two weeks ago, two months ago, yeah. two years ago.
1: yeah. And I understand.
2: I mean, for whatever reason, kids become, from a lot of people, the most important thing in their life ever. Right. Um, but your situation is you have not been in her life.
1: No, I've been in her life since she was six. And you now she's going to be 11. So you FaceTime it
2: and you, you have a relationship through, through
1: that. With my daughter and her grandma. And her and grandma. And, and then you
2: then, visit so, sometimes too. In,
1: in theory, she comes here for a couple months a year to go to Winnetka. But
2: yeah, but this baby year... Baby mama like,
1: didn't, didn't do that this year. She just kept her there and wanted to go to Columbia. And so, which
2: hopefully she did not
1: go. I don't know. I don't know if she went.
2: Okay, um, so I haven't heard from my daughter since she was going to go
1: to Columbia. Wow, well,
2: how long yeah. ago was that?
1: You no, know, I heard. I heard from her one time. So, do you have a good relationship when you talk? Me and my daughter do. Yeah, but um, it's interdependent on if I'm fighting with baby mama. When I say fighting, I mean basic arguments like about uh, like if I suggest that she should go to church. So you, there's listen,
2: reason. listen right now, you should not tell baby mama anything except what she wants to hear yeah. oh mm. the the thing you're doing that's great, you got support, wonderful. you sold yeah. some houses amazing nice that's it that's it. She's not going to hear anything else and it's going to keep you from your daughter. There's no way you're going to change anything,
1: yeah that's uh, what I'm missing. See, I grew up Roman Catholic, and that's my problem. I've been indoctrinated that. And the Bible says That's your problem this. No, the Bible says this And look, look, look look. For 2,000 years The Roman Catholic Church Has been teaching That the head of the woman Is the man And the head of the man Is Christ And that women Are to be obedient And um, uh, helpers But
0: can I I'm no, sorry No, that's what I've been taught Yeah, I know yeah, But, but the just... thing is though Back in a day When that was a thing Even 30, 40 years ago Most guys were like taking care of business, yeah. And I'm not trying to be mean or nothing, but like, you're not taking care of business, right? So like, how can how can she take? She should, but people that aren't in this house and program, they don't
1: just take some basic advice, like put her in church, so that when she starts to because baby mama's not going to spank her, right? But she's starting to disobey. Mm -hmm. She's getting to the age where she's the same height as baby mama, and she's coming to her own, and she's saying like, why do? Why do I need to obey you? And without some sort of, like, God said to or anything, she's going to be like, fuck all that. And, like, when her mother's an addict in recovery and her father's an addict in recovery, that sets her up to be like, you know, I'm Scotch-Irish and German, you know, and I drink and yada yada. Baby Mm. mama's, you know, 21 years sober, allegedly. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's just like, if. I just if she doesn't have some understanding of, of a higher power or anything she's gonna have no guilt and no mm-hmm. conscience about doing wrong because because so far it's just been baby mama's opinion about men uh, she's just been educating her about like her basic valley new age you know what I mean like mm-hmm. do as you feel do as you will you know be sure you're honest but like there's no like they're there there's nothing behind it there's no, no structure there's belief. no teeth to the why why not why don't you run away why don't you go do drugs well because mom said so who's the fuck is mom so that i wanted to suggest like hey just take her to church later learn about jesus one even if she doesn't believe it she'll be better equipped to deal with christians and she's going to run into every other motherfucker in south america who was raised catholic because all of south america is catholic mexico mm. all that they're all, it's all catholic so when she's running into these, dating these younger men who are like beating her and shit, this is a true story, she keeps wondering why. Because she's talking to them like, a, uh, she's speaking to them as if...
0: You're talking about your baby mom. Yeah, she's speaking
1: yeah. to them as if they're like her subjects. Or at, at, like as if they're um, under her dominion, you know, like she's, she's one of those don't need a man, valley, new age, it's kind of third world feministy type... And she doesn't understand anything about theology or the religious systems that have built the government and the world and all that. And even though it's equal rights now, and, um, and I support equal rights. I believe in equality. And I, I've left the Catholic Church and become a basic Christian who follows Christ, who's all about equality. If, if we don't have a why to be good to our neighbor and there's no like moral teaching behind it, then there's no guilt. There's no reason to obey. And guess what kids will do? They'll raise up for themselves a teacher. They'll look for a teacher. They'll look for a father figure. Yeah. Since dad's not there, she's portrayed me to be some clown. Now she's going to go meet the first motherfucker. And what's he going to have? Coke, booze, whatever. And he'll indoctrinate her with a do what I tell you or else. And... and And that's that's my fear. That's what's coming up on her eleventh birthday. Is this fear of, you know, now she's dressing goth. She wants to explore the goth world. But this, I tell you this all the time,
0: though. This is why you have to get your shit together so you can be there for her. Hundred percent. She's eleven. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like you've been gone for ten years and she's about to turn twenty one. That's why you got to get it now. Yeah. So that.
1: Well, I wanted to be in her life, her whole life. But me and baby mama had a no-contact order. Mm-hmm. So, for the well, first...
2: Well, what I see is that you got to work on these resentments. Because yeah. you, you, you hate that woman.
1: No, I don't. I just well, the way her.
2: you talk, you may say you don't. But everything is derogatory and belittling. And like she doesn't know what she's talking about. And I understand. Because I've been there, too. Um,
1: well, she disrespects. You know? And she disrespect I try to be polite, I try to be submissive, I try I, to be agreeable. I hear you. It's not I about say, her though.
2: Yeah. It's about you being free of this resentment because that shit will take you out. Yeah. Because it eats at you. It's like a it's a, a rot. Yeah. And it also will allow the miracle if it happens to have your daughter in your life somehow, right?
1: Yeah. I just want my basic Right so like visitation,
2: yeah, but you don't have any of that. It yeah. doesn't
1: matter where is what she you gonna want. visit? I don't if
0: you're gonna come here,
1: yeah, or like on like online you know, yeah, but like, you gotta mm. you gotta yeah, that's crazy, you gotta let
2: it's go like, of all that, you gotta let go, and even the other stuff too, because it's gonna the fear of what may happen to your daughter yeah. for one, it's basic alcoholism, except that's where it's centered, fear of the future, regret of the past, mm-hmm. you're not here. You got these fucking resentments.
1: Yeah. You know what we need is the set-aside prayer right now. Yeah. I God, mean, that's a good one. Please help me set aside everything I know about the steps, the book, the program, myself, and my baby mama, and you, God, so that I can have a new experience with the steps, the book, the program, myself, and baby mama, and especially you, God. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: What if she's just this nice lady who wanted to have a baby, met some broke joke, knocked her up, took the baby, went to Costa Rica, and now she's not, like, what if she's not even, like, mad at me? You know, she's just, like...
0: She's probably not.
1: She's just, like, doing her own thing in the jungle.
0: Doing what she thinks is best.
1: And, like, then I show up, like, okay, now I'm ready to be a dad. You know, I wrote her a letter when um, my daughter was six, like, hey, you know, I'd like to be in my kid's life. And she hit me right up. You know, I was on the farm in Wisconsin. And uh, I was getting sober.
2: I bet you'd be surprised if you start supporting her. Hmm. For real. I did last year. I was sending like
1: 500 bucks a month last year.
2: And I'm not saying she's correct or a good person or any of that. But I'm just saying like the the philosophy. Like, you know, my ex did some shit that I see pretty wrong. Hmm. But... For whatever reason, God's allowed me to just forgive, for the most part, and work with what I got.
1: How do you deal with the other motherfucker in your kid's ear?
2: Well, she moved a guy in from Canada into their one-bedroom apartment. Mm. The guy that, you know, was whatever, dating her while she was still with me. Yeah. Through the internet or whatever. Mm. And I didn't lose my shit. Because I'm capable of driving to the valley and finding a motherfucker. It's not that hard, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. I have like six (laughs)
1: fantasies about
0: Billy's on some gangster shit.
1: (coughs) Well,
2: everybody's gangster until that thought comes in your head, right? You don't kill him, but you hurt him bad, so you don't go to jail or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, it took care of it. He's gone. He, whatever. God took care of it. Yeah.
1: You just got rid of God him?
2: took care of it. I prayed. And, you know, I don't know who that guy is, like you say, in there with my kid.
1: hmm What could I do? Right. And you uh, can't trip out. But offers. I had a
2: sponsor. I talked to him. Yeah. I had Pat. I had you guys. I have a relationship with a higher power that I have to depend on. Right. Like, for me, it's gotten to the point where I don't depend on it. I live for God because I can't live for self. Mm-hmm. It just fucks me hard.
1: What does that look like? When you say that I looks like I that.
2: actually say, "God, I'm living for you right now because I can't live for self because it fucks me hard." That's what I basically. But I understand all of the, the reasons. Self is our problem. Self is your problem right now because of what you want out of life. Mm-hmm.
1: So even my desire
2: to like protect and raise my child is kind of selfish. It is selfish. It's coming from you. It's self-centered. I know it's good. I mean, those are good qualities, but we dress all these things up as like we
1: believe our own head. Yeah, and like so you said, a possibility a sec- that maybe it's just like let her experience life without any parental guidance on my end. And well, like, you're not gonna, to you're
2: that. not going to be able to do that. I mean, you haven't even been in her life. She doesn't see you as a
1: parental disciplinarian right
2: and you may no i
1: want to be there like for like the phone calls like where she gets in an argument with her mom and she wants another take on a subject that her mom frankly may not even know about
2: and you you know like they say and it's so cheesy god works does miracles and a lot of people in aa will tell you things they don't know how it even happened right they just followed principles and now they have these relationships with their kids and yeah. this you hear bad shit too some kids all i'm saying is the only chance you got is to do that because for one you're gonna go out if you can't if yeah you can't get that's can can't what live it is. by principle it's gonna eat you up
1: it makes me sad man i get so sad and obsessive and i replay these fear-based thoughts until um I haven't. No, I haven't done this in over a month. But uh, before we went on that retreat, I, I had this big Stephen King moment where, yeah, I wrote a, a, a nice little letter to my daughter, and we, she had called me, and we and it's the first time in a long time that my daughter had actually called me without me instigating the, the FaceTime. And then she stayed on. She was lonely. Her mom was out installing internet or whatever, and she was crying about how grandma and her mom were fighting over. If she's gonna on her spring break come to her summer break come to Winnetka, and her and she's torn in the middle because she loves her grandma and she loves her mother, and her mother is all she knows. So I was just talking to her, you know, and I was neutral and I wasn't anything. And then the next day, you know, baby mama come calls me up with this. I said, "What were you guys talking about? Why were you we on the phone so long?" And all this and that, and it just I was like, God, ah, please, you know. Well,
0: Johnny, I want to know. Do you talk to your daughter how you talk about your baby mom to other people?
1: No, not at all.
0: You don't do like that little underhand?
1: No, 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 no. Never, never. Because her mom is her hero. And any, and she's really smart. She's not like some, you know, little kid. Like, she's she speaks like an adult, you know. Dude. And, uh, I know that if I were to say, you know, listen, you know, like, this is how I, I disagree with your mother because this and that. She would already take her mother's side. So I've got to be very careful about how I I can even entertain like a a conversation. You know, I just try and be there for her. Mm. Like um, my old sponsor, Sam said that she is not a place for you to put your feelings. You are a place for her to put her feelings.
2: And here's what I want to say, Johnny, because this is real life. Okay. And we know you and your past just imagine if you go out and you die yeah your daughter's gonna be fucked at least she has somebody who loves her more than anything and right now it's a remote relationship if you're not around or you're a street urchin out there or something so the best thing you could do if you really love your daughter is stay fucking sober live by principle get rid of these resentments i'm glad you're venting yeah I'm glad you're venting. I um, can't
1: talk. I can't, I can't even make amends and I wanted to. Don't, um, don't worry about making amends to her yeah. baby
2: mama or any of that shit. Yeah, there's a whole other world out there. That stuff will come in its time, but you need to change. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I don't want to tell you what you need to do, but that anger is just, it may not seem like a lot, but it, if it, it's, it is your, it's, takes over that's who i am when i'm in that stuff and um yeah and i would just hate to see it because i have a daughter too my therapist told me this when i got my therapist because i was gonna you know maybe at least i was thinking suicidal right yeah when all this shit happened Mm -hmm. and that's where it goes and my therapist told me you can't do that because your daughter will just never she'll never be okay yeah and if that's really what you care about, then the best thing you can do is stick around and work on yourself. And you know, she may come to you when she's 12. She may say, Mom, you're a fucking bitch and get on a plane and she'll be here. And then you'll have your opportunity to be a dad or whatever.
1: Yeah. Michaelis <laughs> used to say, God, please help me bury my pride before my pride buries me. And I think for me, the hardest thing is being told how it is, as if I don't have any say. And, uh, I don't either, though. I don't. I don't have any say. I have a disability, a <coughs> physical and a mental
2: disability. I have the whole baby mama. I, Did she I don't have court, any though? say.
1: Life is what it is. Huh? Has she taken you to court about your disabilities and stuff? No. So there's no document saying you, you don't have a right to your kid?
2: No, if she takes me to court, I'm going to get the kid. Cause I could prove her a fucking net bag, and, and I'm sure I could do it. It's so
1: painful. I was just looking up uh, all the papers that you have to fill out and then send to them.
2: Yeah, and we didn't go through that. Gosh. I told her, look, if that if that's what goes, she wouldn't let me see my kid. I said, look, you got to be reasonable here. If yeah. you don't, that's I'm going to take the kid from you, and I don't want her not to have a mom. Mm.
1: That's how I feel. I don't want her. To, I don't want to take pa- uh, Kaylin from Paulette. I I, I want Paulette. To be there as, like, an equal partner. Like, we work together. They need mom and dad. Yeah, we work together. Like and, I, and, like, I enforce what she says. You're grounded. Okay, no laptop. And then she enforces what I say. But so far, it's like I've just got to... I think I just have to prove myself. And this... Um, I've, I've just got to stay sober. There's no other way around it.
0: That's what it is. That's what
1: it is.
2: And it can't yeah. even be for your daughter. For me it's <sighs> got to be for God, which is so weird cuz what the fuck is God, right? Yeah. And sometimes I don't even every day I debate this. Is there an af- Is there God? Is there an afterlife? Is there any of this? All I really know is God is so much better than just death and meaninglessness, yeah. right? And it works because AA works.
1: Well, we have the same birthday. I don't know if you know that. Oh, that's right. That's, He's literally exactly ten years older than me with the same birthday, and uh, it's, uh, a
2: it's. 365 true. It's three hundred sixty-five, and we're both so yeah. we're like the twins. Yeah, it's really crazy.
1: <laughs> and he was sponsoring Pat, and then uh, so I came over to his birthday party, and it was my birthday, and I was all strung out, and uh, I just remember, like, there really are no coincidences, you know. And when I really think about the, the reality of, of the insanity of alcoholism, I realize the only thing really happening right now is three friends are talking about baby mama. Baby mama, yeah. and we all got a baby mama, you know. Which, Which is, is super
2: cool. I don't cool. yet, because even the fact that we have friends, even the fact that you're living in Graceland, you're like the mascot now. Yeah, you're still here, and no one's gonna try to kick you
1: out or anything. You have Remember such that. a
2: chance. It's crazy. It's so crazy yeah such an opportunity. i had to
1: earn my way back though there was a time when i had to write a hundred thousand words and remain silent i couldn't talk to pat maybe yeah, that's because
0: you were on the way to be top dog and you fucking, you fucked up
1: <coughs> yeah i had to earn my way back and uh that process because a lot of people blow out the door at 100
0: grand. They're like, man,
1: fuck all that.
0: <laughs> people left over 10 and 30.
1: Yeah, people, like, you get a, when someone says, listen, you're going to sit down and write 10,000 words and you can't talk to anybody, people freak the fuck out. Because that's, you know, it's a couple days. Or one day if you're like Shakespeare but, or Jose. This house
2: is hard, dude. I, I wouldn't even be able to, like, just live with people, probably. You I didn't you know but the,
1: But you, the house makes you tougher. And it makes you more introspective and it makes you deeper because you, you have to adjust your default settings. So like there's certain people that I just naturally fuck with and there's certain people that I have an affinity for and there's certain voices and like friendships that I like. So
0: good to hear your voice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) What was that JD called? Yeah. Oh, I don't even, that was like autopilot. (laughs) I, I really didn't enjoy that kid at all. Oh. It didn't. Oh man. I just but but the thing is you and you live in this environment and you get to a place where you, you can't just not like somebody and continue to stay sober and be around them all the time. Well, you have to something's going to hurt something. Huh? Something's going to snap.
3: Huh. Oh, so I,
1: feel... I I was forced to adjust my thought process. I would act as if I liked these people. Mm. And then I would start to like Gradually see things in them that I like, and enjoyed. Yeah. enjoy. It.
0: That's, to me, I mean, we, we don't have to it's get so cool. on the topic of God, but, like, that's, like, God to me. Mm. The fact that we all come here for whatever different reasons, we get here, and then, like, we figure out how to, like, COVID, coexist with one another. And it's, like, energy's real. Like Johnny's saying, like, you can't, I can't see you every day. And just hate you yeah like there's going to be something you do or say or how how everyone's reacting in a moment to where it's like damn like you know i kind of i see what everyone else sees you so know
2: wild you have to stick around for the relationships yeah know? yeah but even people that,
0: <coughs> that come here for a couple months they reach out and stuff like that because it's like a real it's like a real thing
2: yeah, you know? I think it's God too. I mean, we're all spirits, right? Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I trip out about that. Like everything that ever was or ever will be um, all coalesced into a finite point at some some time in space and uh, became so dense that it exploded. That's the going theory from like MIT and physicists and shit. The Big Bang. It's still like primary... You know that's what—that's the thing. We all came from this like cosmic so it all focused and then exploded. Yeah, all all the matter that had any gravity that ever was or ever will be—they're presupposing shit just exists without being created. All the rocks that were floating around in space for trillions of years, timeless rocks—they just all got together because mass collects mass and then created like a black hole and got so dense. That it created what's called like the singularity and the singularity exploded now here's why I think God exists. we're able to recognize that trillions of years later that what is that consciousness if not a spirit the fa- like I think therefore I am right so the fact that it exploded, the galaxies exploded and then had all the laws of gravity already contained, and had all the potentiality for DNA codes and amoebas and shit that would evolve, like, all the potential shit was already in it. Mm -hmm. Like, Stardust had the magic in it, had the spark of life in it. Where the fuck did that come from? And why did it stop and then recollect itself into order? Planets and orbiting sun and moon. Like, why is the moon just close enough so that, you know, the the ocean isn't like 100-foot waves and and why, and why is the sun not far enough away that we freeze to death? And like, there's just all these things that ju- seem to be not coincidence, but um, evidence of an intelligent design. Mm-hmm. Along with my resentment with baby mama, I also have these fantasies of like, you know, her coming to visit and doing karaoke and talking about God and having deep conversations like that. Do you, do you love her? I would like to love her. I did. I loved what she sold me as her resume when I met her she was like I'm a director we're gonna go down to Costa Rica and make like a pilot and I need a writer and a cameraman and like I wanna collaborate and then um you know she took her mask off
2: ironically now you're doing a documentary or working on one
0: were you getting high
1: I was two weeks sober I was writing a screenplay called Cat's Cradle with Danielle we were in the developmental stages I was on a scholarship to a place called Always Hope. Always Hope in Malibu. And um, Paulette would come over, you know, sponsoring Danielle. We'd, have, we'd all go out to the Sarah Retreat meeting from that other program we're part of. And then go to coffee. And um, I think initially I had a crush on Danielle. But then Paulette... What I'm, what I'm asking is... She
0: came by in her short shorts. Were you sober the whole time... <laughs> When you were with as
1: an editor, everybody.
0: Were were you sober the whole time when you were with her when she sold you the pitch? Uh, When
1: she sold me the pitch, I was a newcomer. I was sober about two weeks. Okay, and then I relapsed on Christmas, and became Johnny Christmas. She called me.
0: A couple uh, months.
1: And then, and then I was, and then we were together about a month after that. And
0: um, when did she get pregnant?
1: She was pregnant, so. After I relapsed, she got pregnant.
0: And then you were still.
1: And then, no, no, then I got sober. No, 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 no. I relapsed. She came to the bar. So I had found out some stuff from some guys in, the, in that other program that we're part of that made me really heartbroken, you know, about baby mama and her conduct with men. Mm. And uh, some sugar daddy she was wrapping it up with was giving her some kickbacks and she was going to midnight yoga. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, midnight. No, night. I don't. I don't know so she would you know. leave for midnight yoga. Right. Oh, okay. There's okay, no, okay. there's no yoga yeah. at midnight. <laughs> and then she come back with like a new, you know, she would just pay rent. She just, she didn't work, but mm. she could pay for gas and food, and she did like midnight yoga. Okay. And she was kind of like, I mean, I don't know if she would call herself uh, an escort or a call girl, mm-hmm. but she was like a sober companion, mm-hmm. kind of like. Babysitting this wealthy girl Named Melissa And um, her parents owned like 56 Marriott hotels Mm -hmm. This girl came from like Fuck you money And Paulette was You know charging such and such Per month like a lot of money To babysit her And let her live in one room In her two bedroom Two story You Mm -hmm. know walk up or whatever In the Palisades Mm -hmm. I sure realized early on That like you can't just You can't afford a place like that you know and be driving around and your foot
2: without she's a hustler she's making it happen this she's way making- and that way that's uh, the respect yeah,
0: yeah but what too. i want to ask it. the the reason why i asked that is because you're uh, saying she took yeah. her mask off and you think maybe some of it was true but sh- then she seen the real you
1: no no what it was was um ooh Let me think
3: about
1: <laughs> no i think what it was was uh she was 42 with 12 years sober Mm-hmm. sponsoring Danielle and a few other uh, girls so she's older than you yeah she's now she's in her 50s and I was 29 with two weeks sober flat broke 900 bucks to my name on a scholarship I don't remember exactly if I told her I was on a scholarship this might be my part because I was in Malibu what's going on oh is that the editing Yeah. We're working on a documentary about uh, the fentanyl epidemic and Graceland's rise to recovery. The road of five strangers coming together and getting sober. So what were
0: you saying about your baby mom? Yeah,
1: so I was saying, uh, so I, I may have led her to believe that I was more capable of providing than I was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you think she thought that you were um, like... A wealthy Malibu kid? Very yeah. possible.
0: So do you think that you took your mask off, maybe? I
1: think I think I think I explained that I was on social security when I moved so she moved me out of rehab. She was like, Oh no, this place is not good for you and then there was like this big fight and there was some weird shit and it was not like a real rehab. This guy uh you know, Johnny Aker, ex convict type guy, just doing whatever he did with some neurolinguistic programming and like at night everyone would sit around in a circle, these rich kids <clears throat> this bitch and they would clean their plate talking about their highs and lows for the day there was no recovery there was no 12 steps there was no hmm. God there was no solution it was just bullshit and everyone was these nice beds and like a good view of Malibu but I was up there on scholarship from these nice people Dave and Catherine Johnson and uh, I was really grateful to be there and I was working on that script with Danielle, coming up with ideas for like developing there was
2: care. no AA involvement in. This no you yet? could go
1: to AA but it wasn't mandatory there were no like set um, specific groups, you didn't have to do mm. chores, they had a maid. It was just kind of, oh, this is a fun fact. Every single person, except for this girl, Sarah Ashley Spears, who, who left and married a nice guy and uh, moved to Washington, every single one of the people that was originally there with me, when I look them up on Facebook, in memorial. Mm. That's what happens when you have money in a drug habit. There's so many times where if I had money to keep going... I know I know Oh yeah
0: same I'd have been Can you imagine If you had fuck off money And a fentanyl problem Dude I wasn't doing fentanyl The whole time Even
2: if it wasn't fentanyl You might just keep going Until you're dead
0: Yeah Yeah. Oh yeah Crash your car Fall asleep while you're driving
1: Oh no There's many times Even with just Like entry
0: level drugs Have a heart attack Off the mat You know That's it
1: Or You get
2: involved With these people Next thing you know There's guns Yeah
1: They know you got money they don't got money. They're from the hood. They bring the drug. Or they send a girl over. As soon as your pants are down, the crips come in and tie you up. You know, there's so many ways to go yeah. in the drug scene. Like, And also, you could just die from eating Xanax that's pressed with fentanyl. Nowadays, like the drugs you're getting aren't even the drugs you're getting.
0: Even even if it was, I know a couple of people that uh, they were taking real pills, but uh, what is it when you throw up in your sleep? Oh,
1: Esophagia or something. Whatever
0: it's called, die. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. choking your own shit. I know people that happen to drink. (coughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm. Hmm.
0: Yeah, there
2: there were people dying off drug shit before fentanyl. I mean, you know, it just. Yeah. The clarify. Take a huge gacker of
1: speed or something. Wow, you know, you know, I, fuck, I'm so glad. Thank you, Jesus. I was told that you can't overdose on speed by like numerous. Gangbangers, really, gay guys. You don't everybody. think your heart could stop? No, I absolutely know for a fact you can die. have <laughs> yeah, a fucking stroke. But I learned that from Dr. Crescenzo Pisano at Providence Medical Institute when I was in the hospital. After an unfortunate event where I went to pick up an ounce after my dad died, I inherited like six grand. and I thought I was going to become Don Juan, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was going to go get it this time. And this time, I wasn't going to do it all. This time it was gonna be like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I Did was gonna, you sell a lot of it or what? No, no, no. I literally... Um, I ended up getting... Shot at all. I shot... So I started with $6,000. A two-bedroom, 20-foot uh, ceiling apartment with rent control with my, uh, my godfather Walker on the downstairs and I lived upstairs with a little dog. And I had a girlfriend, Tony Sangetti. And she came over and uh, we together...
2: San Never. Yeah, he loves No, tarot. no, no,
1: no, no. I did. I sold one bag to this rapper named T-Double and then the rest of it we literally shot like four ounces of crystal mine. Oh my like, God. In, in like several months. We didn't have to leave but we just ordered food. We ordered uh, Fresh Brothers pizza. Because you had some money still too. We got Gatorade. Yeah, That's when I had my social That was the security. highlight of your life right there. It was. Uh, <laughs> no, no. It became the saddest Strangest multiverse ever mm. you're, you're making love for days you're exhausted the oil's now becoming like syrupy coming out of your skin you're smelling like this cold dark metallic creature did you you're not speaking. go outside ever no no we were just shooting big syrup shots of crystal meth yeah with like and then we had this little old man downstairs going what's going on up there I hear the bed rocking oh Johnny <laughs> And I was like, where's her? You know, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> and then this girl had borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Like, diagnosed. Official. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. She's like, just uh, cut you. She'll fucking cut you. And I love Uh-oh. a bad bitch. I do. I love a, just a very crazy bitch. I know. What is that, dude? It's, it's crazy. I love
0: them. Because we like fucking chaos. It's crazy. We're Here's alcoholics. what it is yeah.
1: when you got your shit together, you scare me. Mm. Yeah, you know, mm. I think you're right. When you're I think clean, you're right. your shit's folded and put away, and you know all your colors are coordinating your outfits, and, and you go to your work. Bills are paid. Your phones, you know, you got no drama. You freak me the fuck. Well, out. you know
2: what it is. I feel like I'm not worthy of that kind of thing. I was never. I was even born into that. I was born into the chaos.
0: Yeah, that's what it is for me too. Yeah, like I'm. I'm talking to this girl now, and like. I was trying to figure her out, mm. like what's her deal? Because like she seems so put together, but mm. she's been hurt. Yeah, like same. she's been like emotionally damaged.
2: Oh, this is fucked up. So, Wait, but on the outside, she's got her shit together. Yeah,
0: but like once, I'm not gonna lie. A little bit, I was like, "Fuck!" Like this bitch got her shit together. Like who mm. am I? I'm fucking just getting out of sober sober living. Mm-hmm. But then when I like peeped at like she's like really insecure. It's sick. But I was like, oh, okay. You got like, a chance. I yeah, 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 I know, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying, yeah. yeah. It's fucked up how we think, but... Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> got a yang to their yin. Yeah. You know. I'm insecure, and so you that makes me feel a little bit better.
2: I got to tell you, though, I don't mess with these other people. One, because I'm not in their socioeconomic class, but I'm on this online dating and stuff, and I'll start chatting with somebody who comes from upper-middle-class world. Yeah. And I just... Won't follow through. Feels weird. It doesn't feel
1: right. Which is weird, because I get along with people with, fuck, like, fuck-off money. But I don't really identify with, like, you know... The in-between. Stable.
0: But it's it's different uh, but, when you're friends with somebody with fuck-off money. Yeah. Because you're not, like, investing a lot into it. Yeah. And then, like, once you start dating, you start hanging out, you start... You know, well, you like now they're expecting one. you to meet You can't do anything
2: You can't go to sushi to, dinner that's yeah, They don't want to go to whatever. Nobu
1: and talk about the, Or the let's go
2: to France Next month or so you Have cheating? you noticed that yeah. Pat
1: goes on like 7 vacations A month or something? He's like always on vacation it's these like, days That's <laughs> crazy Yeah, yeah I, have, I don't think I've ever actually gone Well what am I talking about? I live on social security is your life a vacation? I have my life. I've been the government's guest for like 10 years. Stop. 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 Well, if
2: you ever like become trustworthy and shit, I could use your help. I'd love to go work like just a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd love to go to work again. Well, they don't want to trust him out there because he will go pick mushrooms or something. <coughs> Mark, Do you remember work? that time that I came back with those kombucha bottles? Okay, so we were in Malibu. We were going to go to that fuck off place on Broad Beach. Mm-hmm. And install the fake plants or real plants, whatever they were. Mm-hmm. They were cool plants. But the uh, the the people that owned that car dealership place, the car storage place on Broad Beach, they had that like. We did the plants at that place, and then we did the plants at the Broad Beach place. There's but, bro- okay. And but we stopped off at. I said I had to go get some kombucha. Well, I know kombucha smells like beer, you know, and at the time my sobriety wasn't sacred to me you know it was like eh Mm. day here day there what's it it's sacred to you now yeah it's sacred it's a real thing but Mm. uh because I had overdosed you know and came to like dead yeah and they brought me back with Narcan and I wasn't gonna do we're talking to a dead man right now I I always
0: remind him of that (coughs) he's a zombie right Yeah, that's scary
2: risen from the grave yeah
1: but I put vodka in the kombucha and then continued to work with you smart it's all my cop stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that way I could be drinking while talking to you. And I wouldn't know. you wouldn't know because it smells a little bit. But a little bit boozy, yeah. You wouldn't question it because the kombucha smells a little fermented. I would even throw in little hints like, boy, this stuff smells like beer or something, huh? You'd be like, oh, geez. And, was just, <laughs> and I was just getting hammered like more and more drunk because I, I uh, made sure that I poured like three or four little vodkas he were buying plants at the plant store across mm. from the mm-hmm. gym you know mm-hmm. and i just oh, got a pack of smokes and uh, you know that stinking thinking that sneaky behavior it started as a kid
2: that's funny yeah. i detected zero yeah. i had no idea
1: i'm an alcoholic man and i have to maintain my alcoholism yeah, like, I don't like you, being you, drunk and fucking up my life. I just don't like dealing with my thoughts. Yeah. I and most people, sane people, operate intellect over emotion, you know. I operate emotion over intellect. Unless I'm drinking. A lot of people talk about I drink, I feel out like of control, it's just so wild. I drink so much like, eh, I hate it, I hate it. When I drink, I have this very strange in control feeling. And that's the dangerous part. It's not what alcohol does to me that's the problem.
0: It's what it does for me. Yeah, I mean, that's because we're all alcohol. I'm I'm the same way. You're real. I, right? Yeah, I feel the same way. But, I get uh, relief.
2: Wait, so Remember, you're, you're dating a lady now, or are you just?
0: Uh, I'm trying to get there.
2: Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. working. Ah, hard. Lord Jesus, heal my arm. I'm gonna uh
0: have a little overnight this weekend
2: whoa yeah that's right you've been here a long time so you got all the status or whatever yeah
0: 11 months wow uh, top of oh, the board oh
2: man top of the board yeah what does that mean exactly
0: I've just been here the longest and <laughs> most and you haven't time fucked so, up because but... you? Yeah. you
2: could go down if you do something
0: yeah if you relapse or just if you eat... leave and oh. try to come back
1: or what
2: if you just do gnarly shit and get lots of
0: words oh man
1: eventually know. there's a there's a cutoff point they've reached it with a couple people but With if it who?
0: Gets,
1: uh, that kid who threw the plate. He threw a fucking plate. Yeah, that's it. That was a cutoff. Kind <laughs> and then there was uh, the Jordan did, Grossman. Puts what the happened? Off. Jordan Grossman smashed the phone, threatened Michaelis.
0: Bro, that's all like violent shit. Oh, yeah. Or You're talking about like fucking in yeah. the laundry room or well, something. Well, I
2: don't know. I guess violence or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah get, violence
0: is. you get is, moved down or you get no, kicked if you, out. Yeah, if, you're, if you're violent, you get kicked out. Yeah.
1: Can't be violent.
0: Though recently we've
2: had. Am a couple I allowed outbursts. to ask about troublemaker upstairs on here? Or uh, I don't know. I... Okay. Does it start with an S? I I don't even know his name. The yeah. violent kid. I don't
1: know if he's violent. But... Oh, which trouble? Which kind of trouble? The one that fucked the girl in the. <laughs> no,
2: in the I don't know what it's Wait, we shouldn't. I don't want to put piss Pat off. oh Yeah.
0: Yeah, let's keep it chill. Oh, shit. <laughs> As if he's got no, time he, to no, listen to a here podcast. Now. He's
2: here now. Where? You know, he was very disrespectful to staff.
1: Oh, oh, he left.
0: Oh, he yeah, did. he left. Yeah,
1: he went on some tangent.
0: He tried to squat.
1: He tried wow. to. He, tra- he, he said, I'm
0: not leaving. I'm you know a squatter. Right?
1: I, I paid up for a month. He was going to get squatters rights. Yeah, he said, I paid up for a month. You can't kick me out. Call the police. And then he was like, holding us hostage. So we were like, dude, pack your shit. You're out of here. And he's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. And then he, there was like a standoff. and Not really. There was there was like... Madison got upset with him. Told me to walk him down the driveway. I walked him down the driveway. I was like, man, I hope you don't die. And uh, he called his sponsor. And he was spinning these narratives that we do as addicts and alcoholics. The same way I was complaining about baby mama. Mm-hmm. And there's two sides to every story. I told him that. I said, you're, you're,
2: you're mine. You're building cases. And you're... You- I didn't maybe say it quite. a bit. He said he
1: didn't need Graceland. He doesn't need the program. Doesn't need the structure. He can get sober on his own. Yet, Shut In the next up. sentence, he says history's shown that every time he gets sober, he goes. And no, you can already see it.
2: He's here. believing his bullshit. He's already. Yeah. That's why he left. Yeah. He's Dude, can already I, see it. He's I, on his way I to the it. liquor store. I was kind
0: work. of fucked up this past. Uh, it's been a couple months now. I. Uh, you know, I've been working. I work every day. Saturday, Sunday. Really? Monday to Friday. You burnt out? I'm Getting burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really been going to meetings like that. And the other day I was thinking what the fuck like I don't like is the meetings really that important? Mm-hmm. I live in this house That's and what I fucking my head work. Does too. With all mm-hmm. these people and I talk to fucking Woody every day, like he's my sponsor and you know what I'm saying? And I and I went to a meeting last night and like I told him myself a little bit. I was just like, Yeah, like that's like a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not thinking about doing drugs or, you know, I don't drink. But, like, I'm not thinking about pills. But the fact that I I thought, like, oh, I'm good is, like, I'm kind of scared. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know what happens.
1: Not, not you know what? I've never gotten loaded on a day that I prayed in the morning to stay sober. Mm. I've always gotten loaded when it's least expected. And without, like... um that last time I relapsed, you know, at the restaurant, I, I you could ask me to swear on a stack of Bibles if I was going to get loaded. I would say, no way. No way. I just overdosed at Cedar sinai I mean, they brought me back with, like, four things in Narcan. Like, I'm not... The, the pitiful, demoralizing feeling of, like, having these electrodes all over your chest and your wet clothes that smell like urine and vomit in a bag that says Crump. And that was, like, that's what my mom would have had to come pick up, you know? And um, thinking about being a faded picture on my kid's refrigerator... I was not going to get loaded. A couple months later, I'm loaded. Well, what happened was I subconsciously was planting these seeds that I don't need to call my sponsor. You know what he says? Call every day to check in so that when the time comes, you'll have a defense against, you'll have that buffer zone. You can tell me, if you call me and tell me what color underwear you're wearing, enough times you're going to feel comfortable enough to tell me when you're thinking about getting loaded. Well, I've been thinking about like resenting, Sobriety And like well, The only time So it starts with Resenting the program That anonymous program And I've done that In sobriety
2: On more than one occasion But it is Definitely shaky
1: ground Yeah My head will say That speaker sucked You know what The only time we exist In these meetings Is the three minutes During our share And then we go outside And we're not even The same fucking people I'm living a double life Mm. These people are all Fake as fuck Mm -hmm. That guy's not that sober Mm -hmm. And And I don't want What that guy has anyways Everyone's judging each other and you know what?
2: Well, I still go and then up, I still drunk. listen and think they're lying. Like, your life's that good? <sighs> Jesus. I mean, how, really? how is that possible? You know, when they people share about how
1: wonderful their lives are all the time. But it's selfishness. That's the thing. It starts with self like you were talking about. What can I get out of the meeting? That wasn't good enough for me. I'm comparing myself to them. Well, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, that is selfish. And the opposite right. is like... And you hear this shit in that program too. They'll say... It's a selfish program. You know, you, you stick with the winners. Don't make any big decisions, but turn your will and your life over the care of God. And the- it's, like, what? it's all confusing. And then uh-huh. other people say, you know what? It's an altruistic movement based entirely on getting out of self. And so you've got these two doctrines. One is like this. We all sit around and check in about our highs and lows, and then we leave, and like, they call that a meeting. And the other is like you show up to find somebody to help to take through the work that's going to introduce them to a power that can relieve them of all their problems.
0: This is the problem I have, though. Isn't both of them selfish? Let me go to this meeting to help this person so I'm good. Yeah. That's still... At the end of the day, we're still thinking about ourselves. No,
1: because Mm -hmm. when you think about how you can help them and how you can best meet their needs, you're not thinking about... You can't possibly be thinking about baby mama... And now she's getting plowed by some guy half a rage who's massaging your kid. You're not going to think like that. You're going to be like, no, that really happened. So, like, <laughs> no, I know. And <laughs> then she's like, I, it, we, I have a massage pilot. He worked for me. And like,
0: <laughs> no, that really happened. And so it's like,
1: I, I don't want any guy bonding with my kid. Like, I don't
0: need a bonder.
1: No. Well, yeah, that's it's like, yeah.
0: yeah. But, but, I don't know, I'm just. Bond with a bullet. You know? <laughs> like. Okay, you might not be thinking about yourself in the moment, mm-hmm. but the goal is is to relieve yourself of.
2: I hear what you're saying. It's it's self. No, no. The it's goal is to relieve is... yourself of pain. Is to be free of self, so you feel better. I don't know if human beings are capable of not functioning off self-centeredness, but I think it's different because at some point, I understand now. I want to be free of self, and so yes, I do do things but the way i the place i'm coming from isn't just to feel better right it's because it's a way of living that it's a di- yeah it's a little different but it, maybe it's still selfish
0: no the, the way i i made <coughs> sense of it in my head is like how johnny was saying like you're thinking about your baby mom and guy half her age like that's like this is how I make sense that's like psychotic like thinking about everything in your life and what you you know but like it is selfish subconsciously like okay I'm not going to go to I'm going to go to this meeting so I can help myself by helping someone else but like that's like that's the unsaid rule of the program really help another alcoholic and in return, you're helping. You're getting out of self. You're getting out of self. Our
2: mm. primary purpose is to carry the message, help another alcoholic, something like that.
0: Yeah, but like it's all for your pro- program, so to speak. Yeah, it's for you, you but know? it's
2: for them. No, it's for you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're it's just like fuckers.
0: that. The word "cult" like "selfish" is like has like such like a negative meaning behind it. But like, like you said, as well, the a self human they're being,
2: talking about is this still going? Everything good over here? Yeah. Okay, the self they're talking about is the false self. There mm. is no self. And this is, this is Billy's opinion, or so mm. whatever. There is no self. Okay. The ego builds a false self, and that's who you think you are. But you're really not that. Mm. And that's the alcoholic mind. Is, so you got alcoholism, ego, and self. You need the ego and self. They feed off each other. And the alcoholism is like an amplifier, and it turns it all up like super high. So we have to drink or use drugs or else we have to kill somebody or kill ourselves because it's turned up so loud from alcoholism. Um, And the whole goal here is to be free of self Mm. because that self isn't even real. And it's, it's destructive, not only for yourself, but everyone else in your life and the world. And when you can be free of yourself, it is peace. Mm. Like a real peace. I don't know if you guys have felt that or not. Yeah.
1: Have you ever read? Well, I did mushrooms. Um, Like, I I was trying to heal my brain damage from all the trauma from Skid Row and the crystal meth. And I I ate a bunch of mushrooms in Wisconsin. And I swear to God, I had. But I called upon the power of the Holy Spirit to. Directly intercede on my behalf. I prayed to St. Michael the Archangel. I did all my little rituals that would um, have, help me be in touch with the spiritual awakening. And um, the thing about hallucinogenics for me is that it's a lot like going into like a small little office building with a door that only fits you. And you go into the little office building and there's all these presents, and they're fucking dope. And you see all, you eat the hallucinogens, you're inside this office building, and all these fucking presents that you wish you could explain. And the world's outside, back through that little door that only fits your body. And you gotta go out with all these presents, and you can't quite bring them. But I remember that I had a spiritual experience. I had like this biblical fucking like understanding of, or a relationship to like this oneness to the Godhead. And I felt premonition of where my life was going if I didn't seek Christ. And that's not a thought that a normal skid row crystal meth addict thinks. Normal skid row crystal meth addicts are like watching you know Sasha Sach- Gray getting plowed by five
0: on TripAdvisor yeah,
1: on TripAdvisor <laughs> Googling porn. Because you know it's like you're lonely. You know what I'm saying? You're, it's a lonely drug. And uh, you're not going to be getting laid on crystal meth because you're not it's like the most unattractive you could possibly... You're like scared and, and horny. To, 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 well, those people not a good said look. they used to do that <coughs> and it was linked to
2: sex and they got very sexual. I can't understand because I would not be interested in sex. I'd be interested in like taking this shit apart or something. Like oh, I no, just couldn't focus. There's levels
1: to it and there's also different kinds of dope. There's like P2P biker dope. There's the cartel dope. You know, there's shit that you take a hit and bust a nut. And then there's other shit that's made with like Sudafed and like bug spray. I have it's had not... that
2: orgasmic stuff. Yeah, it's you feel it up. through you. I didn't bust like like up, but it like, went through thing. my whole body. Yeah,
1: it's like that's you know that's the shit that took over half the known world. Hitler
0: gave his soldiers. He his was his doing soldier. it. Apparently. Hitler was
1: doing it. For, this is a true story. And the kamikaze pilots in Japan were using injecting amphetamines before they yeah. crashed into those boats. So you're feeling good when they were going towards. Yeah, like, you're mm-hmm. high as fuck. Well what did you say about what? you
2: just said something, but I cut you off. Oh, uh, when
0: I, I was going to say about the uh, psychedelic thing, oh. it kind of gets you out of the self that you were talking about.
2: Yeah, dude, but psychedelics it, are yeah. fucking amazing. You
0: know, like it, it, it gets you out of thinking about baby mom and all that stuff. Like you're, you're, you're thinking about God and, all this stuff. Yeah, you're but seeing. Like we're the, so, you're, see, you're
1: feeling your breath, and the trees are breathing. Yeah. everything's sort of morphing. But
0: the thing is, though, with mushrooms, at least for me, I'm so sick, and like us as human beings, you can, and we have strong minds, so like you can force yourself. In that's what I think bad trips are. Like when you force yourself into your ego and all that stuff, and then you start thinking about your life, mm. like you know different. Crazy shit. When you attach you a get value to it, and then yeah, you fuck you in fishtail.
1: When I ex- attach an expectation to a trip, I'm gonna have a bad trip.
2: I think I just I already knew before I took the dope that I had no more trips in me. I had no good trips left, hmm. and I just did it anyway because someone handed it to me or some.
1: You know, crystal method has got seriously hallucinogenic properties too. People don't talk about that enough. You think it's just like some focus thing, or but
2: something. the one thing I wanted to. Also, wait with is on hallucinogens when you first start, maybe, and when it's a new thing, you do feel that oneness, and you do, oh. you do go to a power, a greater power. It brings you right to a greater power,
1: or a different dimension, or God. Or, yeah, I think it. You you get in touch with the a spiritual. realm. you can realm. see
2: it in a tree. You can see it in the ground. You can mm-hmm. feel it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. But you really, it's like real.
0: Dude, the first time I, no, nah, I don't think it was the first time. One one of the first times I did mushrooms, it kind of, it kind of like fucked me up because like as a kid ever, like before I even knew what drugs were, I was like conscious, you know, like I like, I remember a lot of stuff from when I was younger and like I, I remember thinking things like, what the fuck, like what is going on? Like the shit's like weird. Like, growing up, when you don't understand anything, you're like, what the fuck? The consciousness fuck?
2: Thing mm-hmm. of the world around you? Yeah, because I,
0: I talk to some people, like, I don't remember anything till I was 12. And it's like, yeah. oh. like, I was, like, four years old, and I remember shit. So. Really? Yeah. No, but, I... Uh, but wait, I just want to say, the the one time I, I did Mushrooms, I got, s- like, I got so in touch with, like what we should be doing and stuff like that and i it kind of even to this day like ruins things for me because i'm just like none of this is real Hmm. like we're not supposed to like the thing that for example but this is like the same thing it's like okay so i wake up get ready rush just to drive in the rush to go somewhere i don't want to be and sit and do work and be miserable, like how does that even make sense and then, like, even after I was off the trip, I, I was like, "What the fuck, like what did I just like figure out and i don 't really think of as anything, but ever uh, since then, I it just was like
2: something maybe well, what what is the point of that? maybe that is all wrong,
0: yeah, I know, but it kind of fucked me though because i 'm a sick alcoholic drug addict, so when I started doing drugs i 'm just like, well. I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I'm not supposed to be doing that shit neither. Mm. I'm not supposed to be living to die Mm -hmm. or like working to just to die.
2: I don't know. It always just points to God. Like I need God right now. Yeah. And, and like God right now might lead me to the job that actually satisfies or or a place I could be useful or something, but I can't, I can't do it. I don't even know It's too big for me to know. Yeah, Yeah. Or just have the peace so I can feel the trees in the sky. You know, that's my, that's, that's what I love is that peace it doesn't happen that often but boy you feel connected with everything it's the greatest
0: that's kind of how I felt on the retreat
2: yeah you said you had a spiritual yeah. experience
0: I was like at peace with everything and I'm just like super grateful in, a, in this area I'd never been in some place I never thought I would be in yeah and I'm just like this is like real life how did yeah. I get here Yeah.
1: <laughs> did you see the retreat with the trees
2: um, I saw a picture oh man John you gotta
1: show them the retreat I, I've you know. been to the sequoias they're really oh, cool oh man it was wild it's beautiful you know I think about um, this theory that I you had you had a cigarette this whole time <coughs> what it's a flat cigarette yeah I thought I didn't and I found it inside the pack oh thank yeah. God thank you Jesus mm. um, this, this theory I've been working on is this uh, this idea that if there is no God fuck it would suck if there's nothing, and this is it, like, like, if, if there's no God, and we're wasting our lives in fucking AA and church and Scientology and fucking mowing lawns and shaving and armpits and fucking, like, all this shit, like, dude, why aren't we just swimming and fucking and going crazy? Like, but the other idea is that we're just fancy animals. If there's no God, we are just fancy fucking animals.
0: Even yeah. we are fancy animals, it doesn't mean there's no God. That's I, I feel like people get tripped up on, again, words. Mm-hmm. Because when you think of God, it's like, ah, uh, some guy in the sky and fucking...
2: That's not it. That's why I've come full circle around it. Well, I actually never was a Christian, but I'm exploring it now with like a different... It's not the preconceived dude in the sky or even jesus though jesus i thought from right. when i grew up it's not necessarily who it is you know or what yeah. it is i shouldn't even say who but what
0: that's what it is what it is like how i was saying like how i was saying when you come in this house and you 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 get an energy or dude i we did a cop list and I'm not, I'm fucking a sick, selfish alcoholic. I'm not thinking about it. no one else besides myself. Yeah. i I thought we were, I, the last time I got 10,000 words, my sponsor and Woody was like, yeah, you should have got 20. Like next time, like it's probably going to be 20. So I'm like, fuck it. If I, I'm going to have to write 20,000 words, let me put everything on there. Yeah. I had three pages and, uh, I remembered something right. Like as we were sitting in a group and I'm like, Oh, can I add something? Woody was like, yeah everyone started adding shit yeah. one of the new kids admitted that he was fucking sneaking his meds you one know, kid
1: said that he was thinking about killing himself Yeah,
0: so like that's God right there yeah. mm. to inspire people that energy going, to, going into everyone else to make them fucking wonder. to sure wanna,
1: seems like it right you know because yeah. he got honest yeah. I've had an experience. Like, for real,
2: honest, like, yeah. fuck the consequences, honest. Yeah. yeah. Fuck the fear, con- Like, I admitted
0: to taking Pat and Danielle's vapes and shit like that, like, <laughs> shit that happened before. I've, that.
2: I've taken their vapes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they
0: can afford new ones, you know? But, like, that, because, I mean, I like this conversation, because it's not just, like, you know, the program talk, but, like you go to these meetings and people are like, ah, oh, doorbell or a doorknob is my higher power. I don't believe. It's like, yeah, what the fuck doesn't work. are it you has to make no. sense. talking about? Yeah. Like,
2: it says in the big book it has to
1: make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <coughs> it has to be your understanding of a power greater than yourself. Exactly. As long, How long are as you going to pray sense. to a doorknob? You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard some pretty crass ones. Before
1: I really uh, asked Christ into my life and sought him, by listening to the Gospels being read on YouTube. That was my first introduction because I grew up extremist Catholic where I was kneeling on rice. I was, you know, a lot of what today's terms would be severe child. My dad went to prison for child abuse. We all got taken away and put in foster care. So you had he was to a pro kneel life on extremist. rice and it hurt like hell? We would have to kneel on dried rice and pray. I was homeschooled. It was like, by definition standards, like some, some way out. Cult shit. Yeah. But it's actually just old school honor thy mother and father biblical shit. And yeah. like, they're, mm-hmm. I never got to hear Jesus. Now they do. What do you mean here? Because, Jesus? like, in. Oh, because Catholics are different. Well, no, no, no. Catholics are the, like the original Christians. But. Mm-hmm. Ch- that's not. That's not, that's true. True. Weren't, that's weren't, not they, weren't
2: they like. I just heard on a podcast they were throwing Christians to the lions, that, like, before they would do the gladiator shows. They would throw Christians at dogs and stuff,
0: just That's for like true. Not the Catholics.
1: Up. That was the Roman Empire. Also, oh, those the Roman were, Catholics. Those weren't Catholics. Well, no, Roman Catholics is what happened after the Catholics took over Rome. The yeah. Catholics were the first type of little hidden Christians. Catholic just means universal.
2: So, what was it? Was it was it Jews? So
1: in so so it was the Jews, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. And then what happened was for Rome. No, no. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were under occupation of the Roman Empire. So, like, the Bloods and the Crips live in L.A., but the mayor of L.A. runs the Bloods and the Crips. Mm. So, they get to do their little Blood Crips. Also, Rome was a whole conglomeration. Rome was the big pimp of... So, you get to operate and pay your taxes to Rome and Caesar. And uh, and then Pontius Pilate was, like, the little sheriff of town. And... um, Jesus came in with this Punxious radical Pontius Pilate was his name yeah, yeah Pontius Pilate is who
0: Pontius Pilate
1: Pontius
0: you, yeah baptized I did all my sacraments besides my arch
1: you got confirmed
0: yeah I had confirmation I envy
1: you bro I never got confirmed
0: it's confirmation
1: yeah confirmation did you get a saint name and everything how old
0: are you? I got four names. Uh, however old you are in 6th <coughs> grade. Shit. Or 5th fifth, fifth or 6th grade. One of them. So like that's, 10, that's 11. That's when you
1: get sealed with the Holy Spirit and the gifts. Wisdom. Discernment.
0: It was 6th grade. Yeah. Because the bishop came to our school. Yeah. And it was like a fucking big thing.
1: It is a big thing. Bishops are no
0: joke. Yeah, but like... They like scared us, like oh, he's gonna come here and ask you guys questions. You need to know the sacraments, the twelve apostles, and fucking hope, grace, and whatever the I forget what they're they're called. The uh, uh,
1: gifts of the spirit.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And like this dude came here, and fucking confirmed us, and like that's that's all it was.
1: Damn. See, when uh, when, when Christ oh, okay. draws you alone on a farm collapsing farm your dad's dead it's snowing there it's three feet of snow everywhere and you just got this little cat named Julius and uh a bunch of firewood and a bunch of ramen noodles and peanut butter all winter uh, there's something different um I had come off a of skid row
0: well that's really God right there thank you Jesus <sighs>
1: I wasn't going to make it out there, bro. I don't know. Do you know the story about the black lady with the shopping cart? I don't so, know. So I'm going to tell you my, my, my angelic... I've had two... Are you, are
2: you crying, John? Was I, almost I like you just go to the bathroom.
1: No, I know. i was sad that you left. No, but I, I had two angelic experiences that led me to believe in the spirit world, which led me to seeking what was out, the information that was out there about God. And I had avoided the Catholic Church all my life because of the, you know, severity of, of education that I got growing up. But the, my dad was pulling, you know, literally, you remember that book, uh, yeah. Abandoned the Abortion Wars? He would go into these dumpsters in Chicago with this guy, Tim Murphy, and pull out bags of like, fetuses and then put oh, them what together. Oh, the I swear to God. But not like to do some creepy shit. Because they believe that it's a corporeal work of mercy to bury the dead, so he would name the he'd bring them home. It's in this book. It's in a national bestseller, and uh, I was one of the kids in the back of the GMC pickup truck. He would hand the bags to, and then we would stack them up, and sometimes they'd spill. Like it was crazy. Are you serious? I swear to Disgust. God, it's true. It's Oof. in this book called "Abandon
0: the Abortion Wars" by what, Monica. Your dad's in the book.
1: Yeah, he's like like in the Catholic Church. He was like, uh, like, like.
0: Like a deacon?
1: No, like uh, like he was respected in the Catholic Church in Chicago and the yeah. diocese and stuff because of his work in the pro-life movement. And the pro-life movement isn't about like you know shaming women for having abortions or any of that shit. It's about um, the sanctity of life. And Catholics believe that life happens. I actually still believe that the body is temporary the soul is eternal because God's it makes everything we're made in his image and likeness. So yeah, you couldn't afford it. Yeah, you know something, you know, you were raped, incest. It's just God is a god of order and he's created these laws and the laws govern what happens. He's not out there trying to like give women babies they can't afford and shit like that. But like so the Catholics are like, all right, so we got to we got to bury these babies or they're going to be stuck in limbo. And limbo is in between heaven and hell forever. Yeah. So until we bury them, they can't they they don't get honored, and then they they're stuck in limbo. So, so if, if you really believe that there's little people out there that are stuck for eternity in this place called limbo, like it's horrible, it's fucking terrifying. So if you're
2: cremated, you're in limbo too. No, according no, according no. to them, no, no, no.
1: It's just that the little babies never got named, and they didn't get the sanct, the oh. sacrament of
0: uh, or the. Really, what I was <sighs> taught in Catholic school, yeah. If you're not baptized, so you're 40 years old. You're not baptized. You never had any of your sacraments. If you die and you were a good person, you're not going to go to hell or just be in limbo. Or purgatory. Purgatory. Yeah.
1: where The purification of your sins. Yeah. Uh, huh. ter- it's actually a terrifying concept. It is. But merciful. Yeah. That shit scare I don't me. like the
2: whole hell thing. I still, I'm still, still trying to struggle that one end. In my well, here's
1: head. how I extrapolate some
2: shit when I can't understand I know a lot of people, including my parents, who are in hell then.
1: I, I believe that God is love, and I believe he's also outside of space, time, and matter. Like, whatever created all this can't be inside it. He can enter inside of his own creation and show up as Jesus, but he's actually outside. I believe that all of the galaxies and universes are essentially inside the Godhead, and that like we're just tiny little creatures. Relative to our own size, we think, like, we're 6'1", you know, yada, yada. But relative to Almighty God, we're like... I mean, there are stars thousands of times bigger than our sun that explode and create supernovas that shoot out particle beams that eat up planets and then they coalesce into like white dwarf stars and become like a whole other Negro and then not like, you know what I'm saying they become this whole other thing and then live for billions of years and then they become black holes and shit and then eat up more galaxies and
0: like Wait, did you say they become a whole other Negro?
1: yeah Man, why'd, you, why'd you have to Slip <laughs> that in because there Because they don't Gotta live Like they're not Like they're, they're they, they, they live this life As like one thing Under like a certain Set of rules And then they're Free from it They are now Their own You know Negro
0: Their own Negro hmm. They get to be Whatever
1: they want <laughs> Okay. What the so know. I'm saying Like so This we, sounds
0: like Some slave shit But hear me
1: out he so all my own All Negro. my life I would think that um, I was a victim Of circumstance because my father was a pro-life extremist, and like if we had to deal I
2: still feel that way. So I try a, to get rid of it because it fucks me every day. You know,
1: people would tell me so foster care, the police, the judge—they would tell me I was a victim because my dad beat me, and you know he did what he did to my, my sister is an incest survivor. Um, my dad did some stuff to her. There is was a dad? lot. Is your dad alive? He's dead. He's passed away in two thousand fourteen. And I didn't know a lot of the things that the, the totality of what he did to all my brothers and sisters, because I ran away at fifteen from my whole family, on a Greyhound bus, and so, at the funeral, I hear, and here's the thing about the sadness of fatherhood and parenting and all that. It's like, no matter what you do, like no matter what my dad did, I'm still engineered to like. Because of the teaching of the Catholic Church and stuff, to respect him, because I was taught from a young age to honor your mother and father.
0: He gave you life.
1: Yeah, they gave you life, and like it wasn't until I was taken away from my family and put into Candy and Leroy Beck's foster home in Blair Taylor, Wisconsin, and was introduced to Everclear that I had a spiritual experience, and the spiritual experience. <clears throat> for me, was the oh, first time right. I drank. This
2: was all leading up to this angelic experience. I yeah. I got lost there for a while. Yeah, here's okay. the two my
1: two angelic experiences that for sure okay. happened. But long story short, the first time I drank was Everclear on foster care, Candy and Leroy Beck's foster. How old were you? I was thirteen. Okay. And uh, and how'd you get the Everclear? It, Leroy Beck used it as a. He'd take a shot every time he had a flu or a cold, and he would had this bottle. Who's Ibaba. Leroy? He was the foster father. So they were getting like... How many kids were there? uh, 37 or something. Was it a house? It it was a house. So what it is is bunk beds. And it's like a farm type situation. Okay. In the backwoods of Blair Taylor, Wisconsin. Okay. And uh, Candy and Leroy Beck didn't... Well, they adopted this Candy's his wife? Yeah. I think they both passed on now too. She was like 300 pounds, 400 pounds. Had this big parachute for a nightgown. Whoa. And uh, diabetic. And she sat around watching Baywatch. And they black like, and white did, on a Zenith Bubble Top TV. Nice. Did they love kids? They did. They couldn't okay. have kids of their own. So what they did was... They, and also they were getting paid. They would get paid $1,200 $1, a kid from the state But, the but they
2: concert. were like genuine, you think?
1: They were. They were sweethearts. Okay. There was no creepy shit. The creepy shit happened. Well, it doesn't have
2: family. to be creepy. It could just be a mill, you know? Yeah. Money. Well, mil.
1: that's the thing. Is like, which came first? The $1,200 a kid? Happy? Friendly people, or the happy, friendly people that wanted $1,200 for a kid. Mm-hmm. So they got $1,200 per kid, and they would feed us like whatever we wanted. I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. In my family, I was a third of eight kids. We didn't have the money to have anything named brand. Everything was like Tastios, you know? Yeah. So I never this, got Cheerio. It was like Tastios. So this was kind of a nice experience for you? For a minute, until I, found, well, and, but the thing was, my dad was going to trial for felony aggravated child abuse. And, uh, we had to testify against him, and they wanted. They knew that we were so Catholic that we were. If we all got together in one foster home, we would corroborate each other's stories and, and defend my father, which is literally what we were trained from. Like the whole homeschooling thing and all that. Um, we were so your brothers and sisters. They're kind of okay.
2: They're functioning
1: well. Nathan became uh, Air Medal of Valor recipient. He flew UH-60 Blackhawks for the Army for twenty years. He rescued two soldiers under heavy fire in Afghanistan and Iraq. And then he went to live upstate Ontario and he raises ducks and drinks himself to death. He's super bipolar, PTSD, became a giant gummy bear, lost his fucking mind. My brother David, sweetheart, became a professor at Viterbo University, ran for La Crosse City Council, teaches like poetry and like has a brewery on the farm at, uh, in Ettrick, Wisconsin, starting a brewery. It's like half-built, he has hops. He has uh, a couple acres of hop yards. Sister Havela has the number one, number two tour company in Paris. It's called Blue Fox Travels. And she started her own like Starline tours, but in Paris. And this is interesting. She started it on um, Pregnant with her husband, JP. He was a bio, uh, biological engineer and there was just no work. So they bought 10 bicycles and has, like has pipes. She can sing. So while she's pregnant, she would stand outside Notre Dame and sing Ave Maria. And American tourists would throw her like 50 euros and 20 euros and shit. And she was making like $300, $400 a day just singing like,
3: Ave Maria. Did she sing in the church when she was
1: Outside, yeah, she did. She did sing. And that's the thing about being homeschooled and not being allowed to watch television. We weren't allowed to watch television or have Ninja Turtles or comic books or anything that was like not parental guidance. So we grew up like Forbidden shit And when I got to go to foster care I got to drink And watch Baywatch And I was sold on Hollywood Immediately That's mm. how I ran away I drank the Everclear Put it in the orange juice Brother Dave and I Smoked a joint And we were like Dude like, We're all separated They put Nathan In another place Peter and Joe Are in another place Havila and Jubilee Are in another place Are you youngest or oldest? Middle, or middle of eight
2: so, well, you only mentioned four there. You don't have to mention so them it's, it's all. It's Nathan,
1: but, David, Jonathan, Havila, Peter, Joseph, Jubilee, and Galadriel.
2: So a lot of them are o- kind of okay. They're
1: all okay except Peter and Nathan. And, and you. you? No, I'm okay. <laughs> Relative to like a kid in Darfur, Africa, some war torn. Right, 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 so right, I, right, I would right. have like flashbacks These from the kids
0: on Scared row that are doing bad too. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, but I think about those little United Nations kids with their one foot and the AK-47.
2: No shoes, hungry. Yeah,
1: barefoot. The little crow
0: behind them waiting for them to pass out. That's not all of Africa, though.
1: No, but
2: there's some of that shit going on. Not just in Africa. South Africa's wealthy. Asia. Other other countries,
0: too. North Korea. I mean, China and North Korea. India. India. They've got
1: this system called the caste system where they're forbidden to uh, offer alms, you know, to help the poor because they think that it prevents them from ascending to the next karmatic level. They think if you're born poor, it's part of your karma. You have to live that way until you get to the next life.
0: And they believe in reincarnation, too, don't Indians? Yeah,
1: all kind of stuff. There's many different types of, like, Hindu, Krishna, Voodoo, you know. Do they have hell? Vishnu. I don't know.
0: They probably all have a version of it because another thing about religion, like, it's all... It's all the same with, like, different...
2: See, I, I'm not sure. Are you sure about that? Because Hindu... Do Muslims have hell? Yeah, they have a type just of hell. Us?
1: They have a type of hell.
0: Yeah. No, I'm saying they all have probably a... a you think they have A word for... Yeah, a version of what we were told hell is.
1: Hmm. So I studied Islam for a good four months with my buddy Omar in uh, Portland, Oregon in 1999. And... Um, that's a whole other story. But anyway, something years ago? The spiritual
0: experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omar el who changed his name to Omar Hani. You keep
0: saying all these people's names on this shit. It's
1: the real people. Yeah, In case you he ever hear. Yeah, Yes. You'd be like, man, shout out. What did you do?
0: <laughs> there he goes. He's a good guy. That That's the how he, talk- he sounds like that. put the iOS updated, yeah. Johnny. Yeah.
1: So, my two spiritual so experiences. You've been, um, so, Andrew. since
2: you were 13, you started going... Drinking. Oh, but that was a different kind of spiritual experience. It that was
1: my first introduction to this spirit realm of like, you know, when I drank, there was no pain anymore, and there was no fear, and there was no doubt. I was, for the first time in my life, I was present. Mm. I was really present, and there was that sugary spirit isn't you it remember, wonderful? Do you remember your first? I do.
2: I don't remember my first drink, but I remember like my first marijuana highs, yeah, and my first psychedelic
1: trips. There was it was like a romance when I drank. There was a romance to it. I wasn't alone. I did. I was validated by this spirit of alcohol. Mm. It was so in the Catholic Church. Not they alone. talk about the I'm three.
2: Still st- alone, dude. That's the thing. My like, God, like, but you have to work to get God in here. Yeah. It's not
1: like a drink mm. or a whatever it is. We've got to remove all the stuff that prevents him from accessing
2: us. Anyway, I'm sorry I keep interrupting you, and I feel like this story could it could be a long one. So oh, no. let's let's get to it. Let's get to yeah. this. Yeah, I was gonna get into the possession,
1: diabolic op- suggestion, oppression, possession. But uh, because what, a, we've been going for
0: an hour, so
1: I was in LA for An
0: hour? No, we're about to go on two. I
1: had lost. Uh, I had lost everything. Uh, my girl was out giving crying blowjobs to puppet. I Wait, was, when is this? Now we're this, so we're, we're fast jumped. forwarding to my after my introduction to homelessness. Okay, let me ask you a couple questions. I got to fill in some
2: blanks here. So you first had alcohol in the boys' home, and were you continually drinking after that, or did you just get I was, as much
1: as I could steal because I was underage? So very few people. Good old Bible Belt, uh, Wisconsinites, except hunters, uh, were they were not buying a 13-year-old alcohol.
2: So you were you going could. for it, though. You were trying to get Yeah, I was trying a, to get that. Then.
1: I want, I chased that spiritual romance.
2: Yeah, that's when it hit me, too. 13. That's I the knew first time. Right I knew right away within a week that I was a drug addict. I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck. I, I can... It was obvious. I didn't know yeah, no, a couple weeks that. or a couple months, whatever it was,
1: I... Huh? I didn't know that it was bad because the people I was drinking with were like abused oh, I saw my family. foster kids. So we were all like kids who were taken away from our parents. Yeah. We're all very troubled kids. Were you know, we some drink kids together had, or are you just hiding? Yeah, we would drink. We would huff Glade. We would eat Adderall. We. we not Adderall. What did they have? Um, Ritalin? Ritalin. Yeah, Ritalin. That's right. And, uh, you know, Nirvana was out. Tupac was out Biggie was out there was like it was just this weird you word. were in
0: a foster home in the 90s yeah what year uh, were you born
1: I was born in 81 oh, okay that yeah. makes
0: sense yeah and uh
1: so yeah I I, I remember drinking by myself and I uh, invited my brother Dave over and we split like the rest of this bottle of Everclear and we're plowed and Candy went to bed Candy and Leroy back they're all asleep and uh petting this fat cat And this show came on, and it was her Baywatch show. And I remember after Baywatch, I had seen, first time I had seen like television with bouncing full breasted women and uh, outfits and, uh, and palm trees in the city. And like they had cute little problems in Baywatch. They had like heroes and villains, and they were like cute little PG villains that were like, oh, don't do it, Billy. And then they would rescue this, people were drowning, and then there was like, it was just drama.
0: And I came from like a fucking... So what was the spiritual experience? So
1: I got on a Greyhound bus with this Amish kid on Romspringa. And I I was heading towards Hollywood. I stopped off in Prescott, Arizona. um, Got caught shoplifting. Uh, I was trying to visit my brother Nathan. Ended up spending uh, from whatever it was till my 18th birthday in a juvenile detention center named Adobe Mountain. And then I went to Portland, Oregon. Yada, yada, yada. I come to Hollywood. I end up uh, doing all the shit you do in Hollywood. Years and years go by. I, I lose everything. I end up as a homeless drug addict on the streets. I fall asleep on uh, Santa Monica and La Cienega. I wake up to a cop kick my feet. Sir, you can't sleep here. Sir, you can't sleep there. Are you on probation or parole? I'm on probation. All right, well, you're going to jail because you haven't reported your PO. I go to jail. I'm sitting there. Now, my father's been dead. My car's gone. My girl's gone. Everything's gone. I'm rocking back and forth on the bunk bed in 242 EPod in the Twin Tower Correctional Facility. And I'm replaying my life. Now this is crazy. I'm thinking about how I squandered my little six grand inheritance from my dead dad. I dishonored my family, baby mama. I, I hadn't met my daughter at this time. And, uh, and, I, and I realized I was gonna die. Did you as, know you had a daughter? Yes, I did. But a uh, baby mama I still had not made up. This is like 2014-ish. And um, it's my first actual spiritual experience. Now there's this little guy, like rocking back and forth, holding this pamphlet. Who just got back from like, you know, the, the gates had opened up, and he got back from Bible study, and he had this like, book, book, um, bookmark. And it's on one side, it's like, uh, it's something written in Spanish, and on the other side, it's written in English. And um, and there's a little pencil, and he written in pencil, in English. You will be so anyway. He comes over to me. I'm rock. I, I'm on my bunk bed just tripping out. And I hadn't talked to this kid, this little Mexican kid. I, I hadn't talked to him. And he's got like two teardrops and like shaved head and all that. And he comes over and goes, hey, Excuse me, homie, something put it on my heart to give you this. And he just laid it on my bed. And it's this covenant prayer to the Holy Spirit. Now, I had just been thinking about my father and thinking about all the child abuse and all this shit and like some extra shit. And it was really traumatic. And I had spent the six grand from inheritance. And I was like replaying my life at his funeral. And I got in a fight with my brother Nathan at his funeral. And, um, you know, basically, you know, excommunicated myself from the family. And this kid comes over and he hands me this thing. And on it, in his handwriting, something had told him to write, you will be changed by grace, not by yourself. Your dad loves you. On the other side of of the little bookmark, it says a covenant prayer. And I read it from this prayer to the Holy Spirit to take possession of your life. Like, you're you're done. You want to change. So I was thinking, like, I'm going to fucking take my life when I leave jail. Like, I'm fucking done. Mm. And this kid hands me this, you'll be changed by grace, not by yourself. Your dad loves you. And then on the back, in Spanish, I had to have him read it to me. It says, I am no longer my own but thine. You may rank me with whomsoever you wish. You may let me have all things... You may let me have nothing. Let me be exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Put me to doing good for you. I freely and wholeheartedly yield my life to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. And the covenant that I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. So be it. And I said that and my life radically changed. I get out of jail, I go back to Skid Row, get into the midnight mission on Six of San Julian, all sorts of spiritual shit, people talking in fucking crazy shit. One guy's like you know it's just like all these little tweaker signs that like shit's about to change. And I get my social security check for nine hundred and some dollars. I'm kicked out of the midnight mission for some some bad behavior. Now I'm in a tent.
2: So, are you, but you are you are using it at this point, and you are living the skid row life. Yeah, I'm living the skid row. Life. Yeah, yeah. But but here's what—that's crazy. Because that's I, no one ever handed it to me, but I just kind of figured it out. What you just said is real. I live my life's not mine anymore. It's yeah. God's life now, yeah. and that's when I'm okay.
1: Otherwise, I'm just not okay. Well, Bible says that whom He loves, He chastens. So, like God will spank your ass if He loves you. He will use the darkness to redeem you Mm. from the dark. It's not like he just loves you and blesses you because he loves you.
0: It's kind of what they do here.
1: That's what it is. And uh, I was going to get uh, an ounce of crystal meth with a gangbanger and a transgender. And we're walking. So this is the second spiritual experience. This is where everything changed. This is so you how. you a
2: team, huh? You, you the, the tranny. Yeah, we were all going to. We, we sorry, we were gonna, I'm just going to say tranny. Yeah, we were going to pitch
1: old. in. We were going to the Cecil Hotel to get some, some crystal meth from the Pisces, which was going to get me out of my tent. I always had this big fantasy that I'm going to get out of the tent this month. This month, I'm going to mm-hmm. get my check. I'm going to get a big piece. I'm going to sell it. I'm oh, not going to do it. Damn. Get and out of the it never tent. Never
2: worked. And into indoors. Somewhere.
1: Meanwhile, I'm wiping my ass with a sock. I'm peeing in a bucket. Uh, you know, just this is 110 degrees by day in the tent. You're baking. You're outside during the day. Everyone's come out your pockets full. Hey, co, come out your pockets. You're just hating life. So finally, I'm like, I'm gonna get out of this fucking tent, man. I'm getting out of this tent. I'm gonna go to the Cecil Hotel. I'm gonna get this stuff. Now on the way to the Cecil Hotel, keep in mind, I'm from a dairy farm. Remember, I ran away from a dairy farm. that oh, the, foster why the of Cecil
2: Hotel? It was just the closest. That's part. where the
1: pisces were cutting up the fucking big pieces of meth, and they oh. were gonna sell oh, us ounces. Oh, oh, you're just going, going to get there. an ounce, okay? And uh You know, it's my best thinking as a junkie on a Skid Row. So, um, you know, Gangbanger's to my right. He's going to introduce me to his banger friends. And long story short, there's this schizophrenic black lady pushing a shopping cart, balancing cans, big bags of cans that she had been collecting to turn in. The left and the right. She's blocking the whole sidewalk. On one side, it's all tents, right? On the other side, it's cars. So we can't get off the sidewalk and she's blocking our way. And she's talking to herself. She's saying, Yeah, sometimes the bus comes, sometimes the bus don't come. Sometimes the bus comes, sometimes the bus don't
0: come, motherfucker.
1: And she stops, blocks all three of us, points at me, and says, in another voice, Don't go down that way, Bean. You ought to go back to the farm. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a homeless lady say ought, and then farm. Now, don't go down that way, Bean. You ought to go back to the farm. Check this out. My sister Havilah, my brother Nathan, my dead father, my mom, my sister. Everyone in my family knows that my nickname as a child was Bean. Mm. I have pictures of me in my little high chair with my little bib eating raw green beans. To this day, I love raw green beans. Now, I don't go to Whole Foods like some freak and buy them all the time. But if you were to give me some raw <laughs> green beans, I would love them. So the gangbanger to my right goes...
3: Hey, my nigga, you know this bitch. And I go, I go,
1: I go, I go, no. He goes, why is she calling you Bean, fool? And then the trainer goes, girl, I see this, I see this, I see all this. What's up with this Bean? What's up with that farm? You the fed? You the cop? Because you... we're going to get a big piece of mine. Mm. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs>
0: this right, one gamer you know pulls out this? a
1: knife, I start running. I'm like Forrest Gump. Like, Dun-dun-dun. I swear to God, I said. Just I just
2: started booking. And him.
1: before I ran, I said to the lady, I'm trying to get her to convince me convince them while well, we're all tweaked out that we don't know each other and that I'm not a cop. Meanwhile, we've been getting high for two days. motherfuckers <laughs> so will switch up on you real quick and let's get broke. Mm. Everyone's basically schizophrenic. So now we're having a moment. <laughs> so this could have been real, this could have been a vision, but it's pretty Facts. good. Facts. But they heard it. they We all heard her say that. And so I'm like, shit. So I said to Leah I said, what did you say? She said,
0: I ain't say nothing to you, my nigga,
1: keep it pushing. And that's when I knew a guardian angel had borrowed a schizophrenic black lady to remind me that I'm from a dairy farm (laughs) and my nickname was Bean and now I got a gangbanger and a tranny chasing me down the street with like butter knives so I'm running for my life like dinner dinner man I'm talking about like running for your life like not some like sprint some like Agora Hills job you're about to die for your life i fucking get stomped out in five pieces and put in a waste management dumpster so I'm running to the midnight mission and I get there and when you're inside the mission you're safe the reason you have the mission is because there's cameras all over the place. And there's thousands of homeless people, hundreds of homeless people. And security and all that. They get to the gates, they stop, they go inside, and there's David Prentice. And I'm playing a cool for David Prentice. I said, David, I got to come back into the mission. He's like, you can't come back because your behavior. I said, can you talk to Steve? Steve's like, you know, Johnny, I hate to, <laughs> I hate to, hate to uh, fill you with false hope. Okay, you can't so, come back so in. What year so is I this? call my brother Dave. This is 2015 ish. I call okay. my brother Dave and I said, Dave, I just had a spiritual experience. I tell him my story. He's like, dude, we haven't seen you since dad's funeral a year ago. I thought you were doing great. You said, and I told my brother That when I got my six grand inheritance, I was going to use it to become
0: an underwater welder. Wait, you said six grand? I thought you said sixty the first time. No, no, no. no, You thought you were going to be?
1: I thought I was going to be ball out for like six. For six grand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn! Didn't work out. But six grand, you get into trouble with six grand. Yeah, yeah, of course. I got into trouble. I lost everything. And uh, so my brother Dave's like, "Look, man, you can't come to my house. I got a wife and shit now, and everyone's got wife and kids. But the farm's abandoned. The pipes have frozen and burst because." It gets 20 below zero in Wisconsin. So he says, you can come back to the farm and get sober. And I and you know, something put it in my heart to fucking obey. And here's what happened. I get back to the farm. He buys me all this peanut butter. He takes me to Costco. Gets me all these ramen noodles. He gets me a pillow, a blanket, army cot, and like three cords of firewood to get through the winter. Buys me a little baby kitten for $2 from this neighboring Amish farm. There's Amish out there. And I got this little kitten named Julius. And I'm just petting him. And like throughout the winter, I'm just, I'm just getting sober. Talking about like they wouldn't let me leave this farm for like all winter. End of the winter comes springtime, and it occurs to me I should make a Facebook account and make friends again because I couldn't get in my old Facebook account. I had changed my password so many downfall. times. Your biggest downfall. I swear to God. Now check this out. I add like three friends that I know from that anonymous program that are in Los Angeles, and then Facebook suggests to me that I may know Danielle Nepis. And I'm like, shit, yeah, I know Danielle Nepos. It's been a couple of years. I said, "Hey Daniel, how you doing?" She hits me back in two seconds. Now she's like, "Guess what? I got this guy. We're opening five treatment centers. How you been?" I was like, "I'm just coming off Skid Row. I got a little fat cat named Julius listening to the gospel." She's like, "I love Jesus. I know this guy named the Prophet. You got to come out here." I was like, "I got no money." She's like, "I'm taking you up to a mansion in Montecito." I was like, "What?" She's like, "Can you help me write this script called Benjamin's Hillside?" I was like, "All right, whatever. Just get me the fuck off this farm." She literally flies me out to Montecito. This is like 2016, 17, whatever. I end up going up to Montecito, when it's called Hira Health. And it's like models and shit, and they're like scholarshiping people, and it was just
2: Montecita's like above Malibu, dude. You it was like, that. like fucking
1: Oprah's houses down the street, yeah. and I go from Skid Row to an abandoned dairy farm with a little fat cat named Julius and the Gospels, and I literally was making tacos and this, and this I was making tacos at Taco John's at that time. I got a job eight fifty an hour. I swear to God, life was fucked within like two months. I meet my daughter. Well, I'm making up mean, a baby What do you mean
2: mom? life's fucked? At least you're farm.
1: not on a farm in Wisconsin. No, he was really? saying, I'm saying I, when he was When there. I was on, in Wisconsin, there was no oh. opportunity. Oh. Okay. There was no... He was getting
0: yeah. 8 dollars an hour. Yeah. Making tacos. Yeah, yeah. you making tacos. You probably eat a farm. few tacos. You got Dude. a little money yeah, coming a little in. money. You know, fat
1: fat, fat named cat named Julius. But I'm dying, bro. I was no recovery. I had... Yeah. Now, I had just uh, a small spiritual awakening. Now, because I listened to the schizophrenic black lady or hallucination therein... I got sober. And uh, because I got sober, I, I sought Christ. And because I sought Christ, he sent me the Holy Spirit. Now I, can, I, I have my daughters in my life. And for better or worse, like I'm making up baby mama over the course of several years. And now it's like this newfound freedom that I'm finding is like awakening my desire to like, give back to others. That's the next step for me. It's like I want to be a real motherfucker that people can depend on. You know, I don't just want to be some guy that tells sad stories. I want to be like the light in the darkness, instead of this darkness always looking for light. Because for most of my life, I blamed everybody else. My father. You helped me. Oh my god, you helped me, man.
2: I love this podcast, bro. This is a good one, but I think I think we we should. Yeah. All right. Go. You know.
0: It was real, guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks, man.
1: It was great. I enjoyed it. I'm gonna listen to it. Everybody has fun. Stay sober.
0: Yeah, Pat, stay home. We got it. Jesus Christ is <laughs> a personal
1: experience. All you got to do is read his words. All right. Love you. Bye. So, what do I do now to skip? Oh, oh,
2: one, two now? I
3: wonder if any of that's usable. Yeah, I mean,